Welcome everybody to the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke, episode 158 on today's show. Dr. Ferrari and Astana, they have been exonerated. Well, are they? Cycling on the European continent begins and we somewhere else around the world. Well, we finish up in Australia. Australia still has a few races left, well, at least one. We'll talk about some of that as well. NorCal Cycling, we come to Folsom, California. It's good for me. It's good for those that live close by. And we'll talk about that race coming up. Um, some things that make you go, hmm, some winners and losers. And is Phil Guyman, is, is he on the world tour? Nope. Exoneration. What does exoneration mean? And we'll talk about that a little bit. First of all, how are you doing? This is Tyler Yonke, your humble host. I don't know about how humble. We got some new things going up here. Maybe we'll explain it a little bit later. Uh, but I think technology and the way we're trying to do it is uh, hopefully get these out sooner, faster, and in, with a little bit better quality. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about some of that maybe uh, in a different time. Exoneration. What does it mean? I saw online where they're saying Jacob Folson, we talked about him last time in Astana. They've been exonerated. Um, first of all, let's back up a little bit and talk about what the issue is with uh, Jacob Folsong and Alexei Lutsenko. They were tied to the CADF, had had this report that had been leaked, I think, to Swedish uh, journals, media journalists, and it basically indicating that they had been linked to meeting with Dr. Michele Ferrari. Michele Ferrari is banned for life for doing whatever in the sport, uh, for coaching, and they were um, supposed to be seen with him. Uh, or working with him and the CADF had this underworld investigation and they do testing for the UCI. They're going to give that info to them. Anyway, this all leaked. It was a uh, full on um, denials by full song. Lutsenko. I don't know if I ever saw anything from him, but um, Vinikurov, the head of Astana was definitely look in the last uh, episode. We talked about all these scandals coming with them. So when you have all these scandals and all these fires burning, um, it's, it's like, do you see the media or anything else, right? Maybe your spouse or your kids, um, they can ten, say 10, you know, nine, nine out of 10 things correct, but they tell that one lie and you start to wonder what else is there? Well, when Astana has all these back issues of scandals and EPO issues and starting with their head boss, Vinokurov, you know, you start to wonder how much is, is legit in the first place. How much is, is, is really on for any of this? Um, but with that, hey, um, basically they made a denial and then um, here's what you have from uh, Cycling Tips, how did I think? Astana, Fulsang, team manager Alexei Vinokurov and Ferrari all denied the connection shortly after the media reports emerged. Once again, um, I don't know about Fulsang and Lutsenko. Well, then, once again, doesn't say him in here, but you got Astana, Vinokurov, and um, Ferrari, none of those are believable in a sense. So the CADF did not initially comment on the reports, but now says that while it did seek, quote, additional research, unquote, from intelligence uh, service provider Sport Radar, it ultimately, quote, has not submitted the report to the UCI for the initiation of disciplinary proceedings against the individuals or team in question, unquote. The CDF statement also noted that the organization, quote, treated the information contained in the report with extreme care and at no point did it share the findings with any other third party, including media representatives, unquote. How it ended up in the press then remains unclear, but CADF says it is looking into the leak. 
Okay, so once again, I, reading that statement, all they're saying is like, look, we, we had this info, we sent it, we weren't, hadn't sent it, we're looking for additional stuff, and we at no point leaked it. And so nothing in there says <laughs> that the info that got out is untrue. So it's not an exoneration. And with that, eh, you can't, it sucks for, it sucks for Fulsang, it sucks for Lutsenko, maybe even Astana and Vinokurov if they have turned over a new leaf and they are all in up and up, but um, probably not likely. So you're going to have this specter following it uh, around with Fulsang for the entire year. And, and look, I mean, that, that's that's nothing great. He, he really didn't have much that he can do about that other than, you know, proclaim his innocence the whole time. Um, but I, I, it's, it's too bad that you had this come about without a full investigation or some sort of data with it. And we don't know exactly what the report actually um, says in there. So it's hard, it's hard to actually understand what's going on. Um, but with that, with that, we can at least have some rumors. We can at least um, have some uh, innuendo and that makes our cycling season uh, more fun. Does it not? Uh, one thing I just want to say, I was going to put it in later, but I'll just talk about it here now. Uh, it is interesting that, um, and I know there's distinctions as to what Ferrari can and can't do. I don't know if, can he show up at a race? Can he just show up at a race and be there? I mean, anyone near him, it's like uh, what the Megan's law or some restraining orders where you just don't want to go anywhere within, you know, 150 feet of this guy. You don't want to be seen anywhere near him for fear that you will be banned just by his proximity. Uh, but, you know, you can't work with him. Uh, that's what his ban is. Remember, uh, Lance Armstrong is banned for life from cycling for participating in races. But you can go to Lance Armstrong. We've seen that with Lawson Craddock. We've seen it with TJ uh, Van Garden. You can go and work with him. He rode a scooter uh, for TJ. I think he's gone out and trained with Lawson. He's been in contact with those guys. You know, they've been on his show. So you can you can smudge up against him, and uh, you're fine. You can ride with him. You could probably even get uh, training tips from him. Uh, just make sure they're the right kind. Uh, so evidently, Ferrari is more like the coronavirus, <laughs> where you don't want to get caught anywhere near him. And Lance is maybe like an STD. I don't, I don't know. Is there any correlation there? I don't know. How about some Euro cycling? Well, look. Uh, cycling now has come onto the European continent and they're not just down in Australia. And this is where some things start to get good. You get to see some of these early season little mini stage races over in Spain. We got the Volta all Cumanat uh, Valenciano. It's a two point pro. I guess that's a new uh, version now. Um, five day stage race uh, sprint wins by Gronewagen over Jakobsen of Dekorni Quicksep. Gronewagen's with Jumbo Visma. Pogacar nails uh, an aging Valverde on stage two. A little punch up to the finish there. Um, young Pogacar, you know, Brian uh, McNulty, he's going to be uh, racing with him and UAE. It will be uh, an interesting team this year. Uh, sprint win on stage three by Grunewagen over uh, Jacobson again of Dequan Quick Step. Stage four has a, a little bit of a finishing climb and then stage uh, five, the finish is on the weekend is going to be a sprint. So you'll see those on Saturday and Sunday. Etoile de Bessage, uh, 2.1. It was a one day race won by Dries de Bont of Alpeson Phoenix over George Zimmerman or Horg Zimmerman of CCC and Magnus Court of EF Pro Cycling. EF, they're banging the drum. They're getting near the top, uh, you know, uh, but I don't know if they cracked the win yet there. Uh, Tour de Lankawi, uh, well, uh, other than the Colombians down in uh, their own national championships. Uh, Tour de Lankawi is going on, eight stages. Uh, we'll talk about that a little more as it progresses. Uh, the Saudi Tour. Uh, five stages, Rui Costa, one stage one, Nicola Bonifazio, one stage two, Phil Bauhaus, one stage three, Nasir Bohani, 
won stage four in a sprint, and he now has the overall lead. So we'll see how that's going. I think uh, Bahrain Marita's down there with Cavendish. Um, not a fan of their new jerseys, but well, anyway, we'll see how that uh, how that materializes. In Australia, uh, the Jayco Herald Sun Tour. Um, there's a bunch of Conti teams mixed in with a few pro teams, uh, such as Mitchell and Scott, Sunweb, EF Pro Cycling. They've got five-stage race. Uh, Alberto uh, Denise of Sunweb won stage one. Uh, Jai Hindley won stage two of Sunweb. He's also got the GC lead there. There's a little bit of a climb up to Forest something. I uh, forget that. But Caden Groves of Mitchell and Scott um one stage three that was yesterday the recording this on friday the 7th of february and uh that was in a sprint finish it was interesting you, you look that race it's crazy because you're coming down the finishes you know last two k's and there's, there's cars parked on the side of the road and the, the riders are kind of swerving around there it's a little bit uh sketchy uh, i thought i thought argentina was sketchy and because they had Cars on the road too. Uh, this is just about the same. Yesterday though, 2K, 1K, EF's on the front, and then they turn, take a hard left, uh, 180, and uh, I'm sorry, 90 degree, 180, a 90 degree, and then they have a sprint. It's like right inside 200. They had the lead out. The guy was coming off there. He, he came off the lead out about 200, and uh, just couldn't hold it to the finish. So I think he ended up uh, third on that race. But Ken Groves, Mitchell Scott won. Congrats to him. They got a climbing stage going tomorrow. Then a flat stage on Melbourne going into the last day of the weekend. Uh, you know, then we're done with uh, us. And, and look, they had a climbing stage there um, the other day. I told you it said Jai Hindley won. Uh, it was good to see Nelson Palace kind of hanging up with the top. Um, there was, I think the guy second or third was a Conti rider that had done pretty well. Dropped uh, dropped uh, Nelson a little bit there. A little remnants, uh, reminiscent of the... <laughs> I, this is horrible to say of um, the national championships when you had um, uh, the the EF rider uh, dropping, then it was the Conti rider, and then Bassett, I think it was, and then um, dropping Nelson Palace. Uh, come on, Nelson, uh, time to step that up to the World Tour level. Folsom Crit, Folsom Crit is going on, and this weekend, 2020 Folsom Criterium. Uh, I think we should have decent weather, and you know. I'll read off what the what the races have going on here. And I saw the pre-reg. Uh, it looked like a bunch of women were signed up, the Wolfpack, uh, out of the Bay Area. So there's some there's some pros, former pros, showing up there. So that will be an interesting thing. And I'm really glad to see that, especially after we talked last time about kind of the low registration and how all that was going. Well, this is at least we're going to hopefully have a little bit uh, better contingent there. Um, it was also interesting. You could click on the the the. You've got the registration, the page, the the flyer. That's what it is. And they have the course profile on Strava. You click on that. And if you look at your Strava, we were going between Kurt, Chris, and I. Uh, you can see under your results how many times you've done this. And Kurt was 890 or something like that. Chris was 760. I was like 790 times you've lapsed. You've done, you've done that race. Uh, pretty uh, pretty sad. You know, there's... there's not every race can be Nevada City. Not every race can be, you know, downtown San Rafael or Cats Hill. Sometimes you've got to do these office parks. And as far as office parks go, this one's pretty swanky. A lot of grass. It's good parking. For me, it's literally about five, ten minutes from my house. Matter of fact, last year it was a little rainy. Show up to the race. I'm already crunched for time. And go to get my get my number. And I go to get my shoes on. Oop, they're at my house. So I drove home. Uh, this is not something that you should know um 
or should be telling the police or anything. Uh, while I'm driving, I'm getting fully dressed. I've been mostly dressed, but I pin my number on. I get my shoes on, booties because it was raining, everything, a helmet. And by the time I got to the race, I just jumped out of the car, put my wheels on and rode over to the start finish. Did not miss the finish, the start. And I had like two minutes to spare. So that was that was uh, pretty stellar. And Jason Grafath, you missed the start last year. Still holding that against you. Anyway, uh, Folsom, let's talk about that. Uh, starts off early, 8 o'clock. The Elite 4.5s, they go for a length of 40 minutes. Women 4.5 at 8 a.m. as well. They're combining those two. And then we have the 55, 1, 2, 3, 4, probably an all-catch category at 8.50, combined with the 60-plus. Uh, the 35s, that'll be 35, 3.4s, sorry. That's at 9.40. They go 45 minutes. Elite three fours combining with them, they go 45 minutes as well. Then the masters 45, one, two, three before the lunch break at 10:35. I will not be doing that. Just a little note out there to those in the 45s. It's all you. Our John Novikov won the last 45 race we had here in town, and he is not going to make this race. So that one's wide open. The 35s coming after that. 12 o'clock, 50 minutes, three places deep on that for prizes. Elite two threes, so they have a cool elite two three race at one, women P one two three at two, and then the pro one two three category. They're throwing in the threes here with us. Uh, 60 minutes, I will be doing that. So 35s and one two threes for me. Okay, look, um, racing in, in, in NorCal, we need to, it, we've got to get more people out there. And like I said, there should be some, a uh, bunch of women that are showing up. Really glad to see that uh, more guys, show up as well i don't know what we have to do to get the juniors to get you know because you got to build this field you get the biggest fields that you have going out there are actually it appears to be um like the 50s the 45s and I, I i don't know what else what else to do but other than keep talking about it hopefully get to everyone out there so we'll, we'll, we'll keep looking at it. how about some things that make you go hmm All right. Well, I, I thought this was interesting. Speaking of people kind of coming into the sport and everything, you have Zwift Academy grad nabs the first pro win. So this was an interesting article um, I saw about. Uh, so it was a girl that uh, she races on the Australian team and she um, she was on doing one of these Zwift. It was like 5,000 people that they ended up doing this competition and the winner of this competition and then ends up being able to get a pro can contract. I think she signed with Canyon. And but for this race, um, she is her name is Ella Harris. She said she was speechless after a truly inspirational victory in the Herald Sun Tour, becoming the first Zwift Academy winner to take a pro win. Uh, she's a New Zealand rider and 44 kilometer long and final state. Anyway, she was up this climb. She kept getting dropped. She kept clawing her way back. Pretty, pretty cool to see uh, just the determination. She said she had been feeling pretty good at the Cadell. Um, at the Tour Down Under, I guess she did that in the Cadell Great Ocean Road Race. Shorten that race name. Um, like she was getting pretty good results and she felt like she was going to, you know, finally. I kept getting dropped. This is what she said about the climate she won. So I just kept dieseling myself back on. And then about 500 meters to go, I felt like I had a little bit more power than anyone else to cross the line in the first, the surprise crosswinds yesterday. I can't believe it. And it means so much to me. I've got so many people to think I'm just ecstatic. Harris followed an unconventional route when turning pro when she triumphed over 4,900 other women who entered the 2018 Zwift Academy, a talent scouting program run through the online training platform, Zwift. So this is kind of a story about um, a commercial for them, I guess we're, we're doing here. Uh, if, if Zwift wants to throw any money our way, we'll be glad to do that. After completing uh, several workouts, races, and group rides on Zwift, Harris qualified for the finals. 
during a Cameron SRAM camp in Malaga in late 2018, emerged as a winner to skier, a one-year pro contract with the team. In her first season, was marred by injuries, but Harris still comfortably proved she deserved a spot in the team, winning the young classification at the Vuelta a Burgos and taking a handful of top 10 finishes throughout the year, which resulted in her extending her contract for 2020. Um, good for her. She stepped in up. She got a win. You know, look, there's some people that are kind of migrating from the road to only Zwift. I know that Cameron Jeffers, uh, Jeffries, or Jeffers, I don't know what, it, uh, UK guy that had won the national champion there. He, um, I, that's mostly his focus. Uh, Timmy Bauer, our own Timmy Bauer. I, I hope to we'll see you out at the races, but I know you've been doing a lot of Zwift racing. So uh, interesting to see that path that she uh, made there, but um, pretty cool in nonetheless. If, if you guys, if I had an esports guy come on and I haven't heard much about how that whole, um, you know, program goes but um imagine everyone's still doing zwift right it's still a thing so uh make your comments about your zwift experience maybe <laughs> and uh um, maybe we'll do a between two wheels podcast uh zwift competition and you can come in and help po uh, host the, the podcast one day if you win i'm gonna make it something ridiculous like you know three days straight no water no eating and the only one to complete because uh, it's it's tough scheduling people to come in. How about the mailbag? Speaking of people that come in, we got Jason Griffith. He always likes to comment. Jason, heal up. I know you're you've been on the mend. Um, keep doing so. Uh, but he had he always has some good. And look, uh, we'll keep reading your comments. We got a lot of good comments. We put a race video out. Uh, John Novikov uh, for the um, for the last race that we did at, at Folsom. And we got a lot of good comments about that one. We did do one with Jeff Scott that he won. So I appreciate the ones that were um, doing your comments on Facebook and YouTube with that. But um, I'm just mostly going to read here about Jason Griffith here. Uh, another great addition, and I'm full of comments. Okay, so he liked our last show. Golden Girls with a Pole, funny, but I thought that was a great show. He's talking about the NFL halftime show here. Not legendary like Prince or some others, but certainly not as bad as the Stones or Katy Perry. Or some other recent dudes. Uh, dudes, are you talking about Coldplay? <laughs> Thanks for the kind words on the podcast. I hope to be back in the place where you can try to chase me down again. Chapeau to you and DDA. Thank you. Uh, you and your team earned two great wins. Participation at Calagi. Okay, participation at Calagi. Yeah, I talked about that. Um, I'm not sure what to do about women's racing. Seems that everything is being done, yet field sizes are dismal, and many people and teams that one would expect to show up just don't. There was a gravel grinder on that same day and a lot of people anyway so you can look at the field size he says it's the smallest we've had since about 2017 uh yeah that's pretty disappointing um you know people and i don't think this is just for the women i think it's just more you see it with them more because the field sizes were already smaller i mean it's kind of a dude's thing that we're doing out here um but you see the field sizes everywhere are, are getting smaller so if your field size is already small and then it's shrinking in general you're going to see this a uh, little more accentuated on their side. And so look, you see this, we talked about with Camacho when he was on our show, um, NCNCA president, just saying, you know, when he did the survey that guys just hard races, I don't know if it's just that, that they just seem to not want to be doing or eh, something along the lines of that. So, you know, like Nevada city is not getting the participation it should. And some of these other races do, or just, you know, lack of, of interest in general look, bike racing isn't easy. Uh, goes through all all sides. I'm 48, race age 49. You know, it gets uh, difficult every year. It's uh, at some point you just kind of want to not do that. But uh, my alternative is gaining weight, so I keep 
keep going out there. So if there's anything, any suggestions you have, once again, about bringing people into the sport, please let us know. Um, some other good, like I said, some other good comments. Uh, Bagley, Sean Bagley made some good comments, said thanks guys, uh, good work, teamwork on the video. Appreciate that. And Sean, congrats to you. You've been winning some races down in the CBR races down south. I saw Mark Tucker down there as well. So congrats to all those guys doing it. And uh, if you want to you want to send us out any messages about how your specific race, or if you have race videos and you want to send them, um, we'll post them on our Facebook page and try to link to those as well. All right, how about some winners and losers? Uh, winners, I'm going to start off with Dylan Grunewagen. Gets his first two wins of the season. Um, the competition, Jakobsen uh, is a good sprinter, but there was Christoph was in the group. Otherwise, there's really no big sprinters that look like they're going against him right now. And he's out there in Spain. He's got to go up and down those climbs. So, you know, maybe they're more of the Saudi tour. They're just kind of all spread out right now. But, you know, it's always good for a racer to get a big win like that. So get a win. It's good for your morale. You start the season off. You're not on the schneid. Uh, and then, you know, he's like, he got what, 15 or so wins last year. So he's well on his way. Um, another winner would be, no, nah, we'll skip that because that's going to be on my loser list. We'll talk about that. Uh, losers, the CADF, the media, and full saying. I think they're all losers in this case. CADF looks uh, bad because they had this report on full saying and they didn't release it matter of fact they're saying that they're not going to do anything but they're not refuting the the info in there so they look and then it was leaked so they look a little bad the media looks bad in a sense for re, the way that they kind of went you know initially you see this leaked report you don't get any confirmation and instead of just waiting to get confirmation everyone's rushing to see who can bury full saying and astana first and like i'm part of that i'm not I'm part of the media i'm more of the opinion media but, uh, you know, my initial, look, I, I took a little bit of a step back of blaming Fulsang, but it was, it was pretty nice to go with the breakdown of all the crap that uh, Stan has been involved in. And, you know, I'm sorry, you know, it's like Lance. Uh, you do give him the benefit of the doubt on, on much of anything when you've been, you know, have a, a history of that. Uh, like I said, Lance is barred for life. Uh, Ferrari's barred for life, but you can you can work with one and not the other. So and then it's also bad for Folsang. I mean, that's a big loser out of this. Yes, he's somewhat, he's not exonerated, but he's at least, okay, not necessarily under a sphere of guilt or something coming up on him. Um, but it doesn't mean that he didn't meet with him. I mean, the CADF is saying, no, we, we didn't, we're not we're not saying that we, we were wrong or that these reports are wrong. So that, that goes a little bit. Another loser, I had mentioned at the top, um, Phil Guyman. He's always an easy one for me to pick on. Uh, posted a picture of himself out in a, with an Ineos jersey. And, I, you know, someone actually, <laughs> they take the bait. Someone actually had a report whether this was, you know, it was rumors. I was Bicycling Magazine. Yeah, they do a write-up of whether this is actually uh, true. Come on. Uh, yeah, I could see them signing Cameron Worth, but I can't see which they did. And he's writing. But you're going to have him sign Phil Guyman. There's so many other writers. I mean, he couldn't keep the contract with um, with Garmin. So I doubt that they're going to sign him to uh, Ineos unless they need him to do um, videos up climbs or something. I don't know. So, yeah, it's a little bit of clickbait, Phil. Uh, and he's getting it. He's getting his clickbait out of that. So congrats to Phil Guyman for his wonderful um, – and look, he spent – how much does he get out of that? Maybe he gets an extra few clicks and some videos, uh, gets a little bit of money for that, goes his way. All power to you. 
but he probably had to spend a few hundred dollars to just buy that, buy that jersey. So I don't know if it was uh, totally worth it. He might have got a discount. Maybe he knows someone on the team. Uh, it could very well be. All right, that, look, that's that's all we have time for today. Short Friday version of the show. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining in. 158 episodes. This is Tyler Yonke. I appreciate you all joining us. We'll maybe try to get out to the race this weekend and do some talk to some people. I have two people lined up uh, for later on before Snelling. See if we do a Snelling preview, maybe even a Snelling live preview show. So thanks for checking us out. As always, subscribe, share the show. Find us on our iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam. We're on Spotify now as well. Check us out on our Facebook page. And uh, look, we love the uh, interaction with everybody. We love bike racing. Send us all your comments, your concerns, and have a good time racing. And we'll see you at the next race. Thanks. Oh.